The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, and I'm happy to be back in the swing of things this season, mostly because it means we're really close to fall that we have just dropped our second season of 2023, seventh season overall. This episode, which by the way, listeners, is our 125th episode, um, features a guest who is new to the show, but not new to the eco-right. Danielle Butcher-Franz is the new CEO of the American Conservation Coalition, where she has played an instrumental role in the organization's founding vision and strategy. As a pivotal member of the team since its inception, Danielle has dedicated her career to building bridges between traditional conservative values and environmental advocacy. Danielle's passion and expertise have earned her fellowships with the Independent Women's Forum and the Foundation for Economic Education. She is also a member of the American Enterprise Institute's Millennial Leadership Network and served on the British Conservation Alliance's advisory board for a three-year term. In this episode, we talk about ACC's recent climate summit, which you will definitely want to hear about, as well as her strategic vision for ACC under her leadership. So listeners, don't go away. My conversation with Danielle is coming up next. Listeners, welcome back. I am so excited to be in conversation with Danielle from ACC today. We have been trying to make this happen for a while, Danielle, but thank you so much for adjusting your schedule and being on the show with us. Absolutely. I'm so glad to finally be here and to talk with you today. Yeah. So uh, congratulations on taking over ACC, an organization that you helped co-found. So how does that feel to go from kind of being just part of that idea, the conception, and now you're running the show. It feels great. And I have to say, you've caught me on a day where I'm a little bit in my feelings. It's actually our sixth birthday today. And so I've just been looking back at how far we've come over the past few years and all the people who have helped us to make this possible, whether they're people who joined us at the very beginning, people who hopped in halfway through, or even just people who have been cheering from the sidelines. Um, it just, I'm filled with gratitude for all of the people who have made this organization possible. And we're really excited to take the jump from this scrappy startup that we've been for the past few years to this real institution with staying power. It's crazy to think that we were founded because of an idea that happened in a college classroom. That is fantastic. So listeners, we are recording on July 26th, in case you're wondering what day the birthday is. So Happy sixth birthday to ACC. And you are so right. I mean, we both work in a field where you see ideas come and go and it to have that staying power just shows not only how important the issue and the commitment is, but the buy-in that you're getting from, from the funders who help make it possible to the other folks who are you know, in the organization with you, to everyone who invites you to participate in an event, in a conference, to the people that you 
attract to be part not only of ACC, but part of your summit. So, you know, when we were planning when to record, I really wanted to have you here after you had had this year's summit so that you could recap for us some of um, some of what went on. So do tell, Danielle, do tell. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to talk about the summit because it really is the culmination of all the people who make ACC possible coming together. So we had um, a combination of expert panels, activist trainings, and networking opportunities that we presented to everyone who came. And it was really exciting because we had elected officials, activists, policy experts, and thought leaders all under one roof able to discuss these ideas. And they were able to do that because, like you mentioned, the buy-in to ACC's movement is just unreal and so humbling, but it also makes sense. One of the things I like to do when I'm doing speaking events or talking to a room full of people is ask the question, you know, raise your hand if you have ever felt misrepresented by your political party or by um, the political party that you most affiliate with. And every single time, every single hand in the room goes up because it's true. We can agree with ideologies. We can agree with parties, but there's always going to be that one thing that we think they could do better on. And the environment is one of those things where I think we want to see more representation and ACC is bringing that representation. So it was a great opportunity to bring members of Congress, a former U.S. Senator, even Miss America together. We had 400 people there total all talking about this idea of right of center environmentalism and building an alternative environmental movement. I wish that we could ask our listeners to raise their hand and you could, you could ask your question because I think that that resonates with people across the political spectrum. And I think is actually just an indicator that you don't always have to see eye to eye on everything, but it is important that the issues that you do care about are represented well by your party. And so that's why I think ACC has just hit such a note, especially, you know, with, I mean, come on, the people in your generation, I, I have two sons who are 19 and 21. So I'm very familiar with Gen Z and like also the younger millennials. And I'm not sure which you more identify with, but it's important. And so you aren't just sitting on the sidelines complaining or taking your vote somewhere else. You're trying to um, make that change happen from within. And I think that is so critical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think we have an obligation to raise our voices and say, look, these are our values. They are more right of center values, but this is still an issue that is really important and that we care about and that we want to see more representation on. And I think our activists have done a great job of that. And the momentum is just building there. So you hosted, you facilitated this conversation with more than 400 people across the spectrum of affiliation from elected officials to thought leaders, nonprofit, grassroots. What sort of outcomes were you hoping for? Did you sort of make a roadmap for the future or, you know, what was sort of um, the the results or the, the things coming out of the summit that you'll be working on over the next year? Yeah, so two things. The first is I want to contextualize why we held the summit in Salt Lake City this year, because last year we held the summit in the nation's capital. And we decided to break out of the Beltway because every city and town in this country has its own unique environmental challenges. And it also has very knowledgeable stakeholders. So our activists actually went west this year to demonstrate that these unique perspectives and these local challenges matter. And so one of our big takeaways from the summit was that uh, we can embrace 
embrace these all in our own unique ways and we can do it together. We can build those communities locally and nationally. And then, of course, I would be remiss not to point out that the eco-right conservative environmental movement really has strong roots in Salt Lake City and in Utah uh, because of John Congressman John Curtis um, calling that area home. And, and so we wanted to bring it out west to represent that. And I think that really set the tone for how we're thinking about the future. So I had so many Utah guests on this show. It really is a, a hotbed of eco-right action. Yeah, absolutely. And so that leads into the second thing, which is with that framing of local challenges and local action, um, my plans for ACC's future, I'm really excited by, and I want to give some context around them. So when ACC was founded back in 2017, you have to remember that this was a time when the Republican Party and conservative politics were not very climate friendly. President Trump had just called climate change a Chinese hoax. It was very difficult to get um, mainstream conservatives talking on this issue. And there were a few very early leaders who were very grateful for. But one thing that stood out to us was we would talk to our peers and they would say things like, I'm conservative except on the environment, or I vote blue because of climate change. And so we knew that it wasn't necessarily the values that we had uh, different. It was this issue that we needed to get better on. And so ACC set out to change the narrative on environmental issues and show that the right could talk about these things in a productive way. Now, that was back in 2017. It's been a few years since then. And I'm happy to say that I think ACC, along with several of our partners, largely have changed that narrative and that conservatives and the right of center are talking about these issues in a more bipartisan way. And we're reaching across the aisle and finding those solutions. So we sort of transitioned from changing the narrative to then building the movement. And we spent the past few years doing that. We're now over 20,000 activists strong and in over 100 different communities across the country. Um, and we've been able to host some really incredible events like the AC Summit, ACC Summit to bring these voices together. So step one and two are sort of changing the narrative and building the movement. And I think the future of ACC looks like mobilizing that movement and really mobilizing them around their local action projects, amplifying their voices in the media and on social media, and then most importantly, equipping them for advocacy and, and showing them how they can make a difference themselves and how they can also empower others to make a difference and be in touch with those who represent them at the national level. We're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode. I mean, that's such a wonderful vision. And I love how you walked us through the whole different, the transition phases, because I think it is important to be an effective movement. You have to make space for that growth and you have to make space for shifting where your, your focus is. And so I think that's really smart to to recognize that. And and you have changed the narrative, right? You have changed the narrative on Capitol Hill. And, you know, it felt pretty dark back in 2017, honestly, when those the conversations weren't including talk, legitimate talks on climate change and climate solutions. And now we have so many different bipartisan bills out there. And I know that your fingerprints are definitely on some of those ACC's fingerprints. And so it's just really nice to see that progress because we don't really have time, right? We don't have time to sit around and wait for change. We have to be the change that we want to see. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think something that's really encouraging is that over these past few years, we've seen the dialogue shift, not from debating whether or not the climate is changing, not from debating whether or not humans have an impact on it, but now we're debating solutions and what the best pathways forward are. And I think that's a much more productive space for us to occupy. And we can still have those disagreements and, and we can work around those and find areas of common ground. But the fact that we're finally talking about real solutions and how to implement them rather than arguing the premise is so, so important. And I know that's something that's really important to Mr. Curtis as well, that he talks about that. We can't just say no. We can't just say, look the other way and say, this isn't happening. You have to be at the the table of ideas, right? And you and I know with in the eco, right, there are different approaches to um, climate solutions and climate policy. And so, but it doesn't mean that we disparage one another, whatever, we're all in this together and we're all part of the conversation. And so that is what's been so beautiful to see is just that people come in with their different policy ideas or their different methods of doing things. And we're all just aiming toward that same goal and we are going to get there together. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's really good framing for the space that ACC occupies as well. I know on this um, conversation in particular, we've talked a lot about the right of center space. And I I don't focus on that to say that the right of center space is the answer or is better. But I think that we would be remiss not to recognize that environmental conversations have been dominated by one side of the aisle for so long. And so to have this new representation and conversations and to make those conversations more robust with even more viewpoints is another thing that I think is is really promising and we can move forward a lot better together than we can separately. Um, And and so I think that that's really a value add that the eco right has in this space. It would be great to see us get back to those conservation roots of, you know, the 1970s and the 1980s and even the early 1990s. I recently turned in a manuscript, which some of our longtime listeners or repeat listeners know, have heard me talk about ad nauseum. Book won't be out until next year, but it is a look back on the history of the politics of climate change. And it just, even though I've worked in this space for more than 20 years, it still blows my mind when I go back and I see what past Republican presidents did on environmental issues. And and we lost that for a while, right? And so it's good to just see that there is a willingness to embrace that that history, but also make that part of the future. Yeah, it, it almost seems cliche to say at times, but it's so true that conservation is conservative. And I think that we've lost a major part of ourselves in giving up environmental conversations because we didn't feel comfortable engaging in them or because we didn't like the solutions that were being offered. And we need to be in a place and we're getting to this place where instead of just saying no, we're saying yes, or we're saying no, but here's my idea, or we're saying yes, and here's what I think about that. Um, And just really contributing to these conversations and these solutions rather than just shutting them down. Absolutely. Are there any, um, do you guys work on any specific policies or you're just more about building the movement, mobilizing the movement to supporting action generally? Yeah, so it's a little of both. Um, ACC is a 501c3, so they're really focused on the mobilization and the movement building. We do have a sister organization, ACC Action, that focuses a little bit more on the policy. But at the end of the day, look, our movement is not a think tank. It's not a policy shop. We have areas that we see a lot of opportunity for collaboration on, but it's not necessarily our role in the movement to set the agenda. Um, We are representing a constituency that really 
cares about these issues and we want to make sure that their voices are heard. Danielle, is there not an age cap, but I know that you generally, your membership or your, your folks are on the younger side. So are you, do you sort of see yourself as, um, you know, you're, you're the starter organization and then as people get older, they go and do other things. Or do you think that the age of your organization will grow as you grow? It's sort of like when you watch a sitcom that's on or a TV show that's on for seasons and seasons and seasons and the little kids grow up and then they're teenagers and then they're young adults. Like, do you see the organization evolving that way? Or do you think you'll always be geared toward mobilizing the um, newer voters, younger voices? I think it's a little bit of both. The organization is certainly maturing, and I think that's a really good thing. Our young professional program is much more robust now than it was at our founding, and I think that's a natural effect of our our leadership and our staff coming of age themselves. Um, But right now, we're really focused on that 18 to 42 demographic. And so that encompasses Gen Z and the millennial generation. The the oldest millennials are now reaching about 42. And so we really see that as our sweet spot right now. But we're still so young. um, I really think we're still very adaptive and continuing to mature. For those listeners that want to learn more about what you do and maybe get involved, where should they look? Yes, they should head to our website, first and foremost, acc.eco. There are all sorts of opportunities to get involved there. And involvement can be really personalized, whether that's writing with us and having your voice heard in the media, organizing things out in your community like trash cleanups or tree plantings, or even doing advocacy with our C4 organization. There are tons and tons of opportunities. I would also really recommend following us on social media. So you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at acc underscore national. I have to warn you, we have some pretty good memes. Um, so keep an eye out for those. And uh, if you're confused, DM us, we'll, we'll explain it for you. We'll be that translator. And I love your B content. So <laughs> yeah, big B. <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much for your time and for everything you're doing. And good luck. Now that this organization is in your hands, I I wish you Godspeed. I know that you're just going to continue to do wonderful things and continue to grow and um, influence this movement. Thank you. Bryce, I have never really spent that much time talking to Danielle. She's so smart. She's so amazing. I'm really happy for her and her new role and everything that uh, ACC is doing to advance the climate movement. Yeah, congratulations to her. They're uh, some of our good friends on the eco right. So, uh, congratulations to Danielle as the new leader of ACC. She uh, certainly has got a lot of momentum on her hands, thanks to thanks to Benji. So, uh, best yeah. of luck to her, and also thank you to her for coming on and joining you and all our listeners this week. Yeah, no, it was really a joy to talk to her. We've been trying to do this for a while, and. Uh, we got the timing right this time. So really great to um, have that connection. And, you know, Price, I am just more and more encouraged by young people. So next week, we're going to have another young person on the show, not to get ahead of myself, but we got, we got, uh, all right, well, uh, Ryan Smith is a, the chair, the chair, not a chair, the chair of the, um, the Utah Federation of College Republicans. And, you know, this is, 
I think kind of a meteoric rise. Like he, when he got to Utah state university where he's a senior, there was really not much of a Republican club, so to speak. And he kind of resuscitated it, got it going, built the movement and is now connected with the universities all over the state. And he's, he's like really a player in Utah. And I know we're going to potentially do some events with him um, moving forward in the fall or the spring. So really excited for listeners to hear what Ryan has to say. Yeah, I was uh, excited to chat with him uh, last week or sometime in the last few weeks and such a bright kid that uh, it, it's clear climate is in great conservative hands when it comes to the state of Utah because he gets it in many, many of those young conservatives. You've heard the message from John Curtis before having uh, so many of those young conservatives who care about climate in his district there in the greater Salt Lake area. And, um, you know, he, Ryan is one of those. It, you know, but in his leadership capacity, helping lead others that are like him, future leaders on the uh, conservative side of the aisle, um, as Ryan says, we get it. We've got to engage in these issues. And so it's great having him, and I cannot wait to hear. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear from him next week. That's right. And then um, when all these young people are ruling the world, we can retire, Price. <laughs> I don't know about just yet, but yes, it's, at some point we can. Maybe they'll lower that retirement age so we can knock off and go spend more uh, Mai Tai pool time uh, a little bit earlier in life. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't um, that be great? Because <laughs> I know you've got inclement weather coming through your area. We do too here. hope everybody is uh, safe. I uh, hope the heat is – you're staying uh, out of the sun or cooling down wherever you can out there. Uh, it, is a, it is a wild time here in, in all around, not just the lower 48, but – up in Alaska, what's going on? If people saw over the weekend, uh, what 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 was happening up there with flooding and man, it is just an eye opening time right now for storms and things that are happening that all have some kind of relation to climate, whether it be a lot or a little. There is just so much going on uh, in terms of the natural environment happening all around us. Yeah, it is like it's you know I guess. We we are smarter than to know to say this storm is caused by climate change, but climate change does cause conditions for crazier things to happen. And yep. so I think that's what we need to keep in mind is that, um, you know, this is going to kind of be our new normal. So I don't, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. So me either. Um, you know, and speaking of those people, you know, many staying, you know, safe around the country. Hope everybody's doing okay. But we've got some new members who signed up to stand with us uh, since last week. Marianne T. in Florida, Scott C. in Pennsylvania, Joseph T. in Massachusetts, Lori M. in South Carolina, and Adam S. in Texas. And you can sign up to stand with us at republican.org forward slash join. Take seconds. We would love to have you standing with us if you have not already done so. And as you know, listening to this podcast, you know that we have a new episode coming out every single Tuesday. And so this is episode two of season seven. We got tons of content there in the queue if you want to go back and listen to anything new. But hit that subscribe button if you want to have this delivered right to your phone, your tablet, your computer, wherever it is you listen to podcasts every single week. Uh, we come to you on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, in many other places, but if you're an Apple user, of course, you can get it there. And if you're a Samsung non-Apple user, whatever your uh, phone of choice may be, 
Spotify is a great platform there. You do not have to be a member. You can just uh, sign up for free and get the podcast delivered to you right there, Chell. So That's episode right. two, one and two are officially in the books. Number two is, well, I guess this almost this in the is, books here, but number yeah. three will be coming up next week uh, with Ryan from out in Utah. Um, but we've got a lot more great stuff coming to you the rest of the summer, this fall, and into the winter. That's right. So stay tuned and just keep coming back because we love we love knowing that you are listening to us. I was going to say we love hearing that you listen to us, but that doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Anyway, listen to us. Love us. Give us five stars if you're on Apple. Uh, we appreciate your listenership and your devotion to our show. So thank you. All right. Hope everybody has a great week. Appreciate everybody uh, yes. investing their time and listening to this podcast wherever it is, whatever time it is, whatever day it is, wherever you are. But we do hope you have or had a great week. We can't wait to talk to you and hear from you again next week. Until then, Chelsea, we'll do it then. Be safe. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.